to anyone tuned in, this is the Men, Church, Stuff podcast. It's the show where brothers-in-law DJ Colt and Brad Coleman talk about what it's like being Christian men in today's society. Having spent our entire lives immersed in church culture, we want to share our experiences with other men who are willing to listen. We'll talk life stuff, church stuff, man stuff, and, well, stuff stuff. Let's get to it. Greetings, podcast land. This is the Men Church Stuff podcast. I'm uh, one of your co-hosts, DJ Culp, always here with my brother-in-law, Brad Coleman. Brad, what's up, man? Howdy, y'all. Just another wonderful, hot summer morning. Like sweltering hot. Uh, Depending on what I think today. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, and, and like true Tennessee summer is here. Um, if you are if you are living uh, north of the Mason Dixon line, then I kind of wish that I was where you're at. Um, uh, yeah, like summertime in Tennessee annoys me for multiple reasons. One of them is because it's the summertime in Tennessee, and in, and I mean like the humidity is beyond. Yeah, ain't no dry any, I mean, just, Yeah, I mean beyond it's be it's beyond beyond like rationality i mean it's just it's ridiculous um but the other reason that it annoys me is because during the winter time so many people in tennessee come like complain about how cold it is and they wish for the summertime until the summertime comes and then everybody talks about how hot it is and i'm like okay (laughs) i mean you gotta you, you gotta help me out here one or the other but um the temperature's always more comfortable in the other season i guess that's right yeah 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 the grass the grass is greener at all the time in somebody else's yard so when you get into that yard the grass it's like it has moved and and it's back in the other yard it's in somebody else's yard um so uh so today what we're gonna what we're gonna do um listeners the last the last three episodes brad and i um you know we've we've talked about some some heavier stuff and uh and i thought it'd be really It'd be really fun. It'd be cool. But at the same time, um, I also think like as as Christians, it's really important for for us to be able to, you know, to to be able to track, I mean, and talk about it, like vocalize, like what has God actually done for us? You know, it's mm-hmm. I um I think it's 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 one thing to know things about God, but it's completely different ballgame if you can talk personally about it. Um, and so, uh, so, so today, um, today, Brad is in the hot seat next week. It shall be, it shall be moi. Yeah. 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 Literally your seat is hot because as I mentioned, it's summertime. Um, but, uh, so Brad, before we get in on the journey of, of what, uh, you know, where God has, has, has brought you to and how he, how he got you there, I thought of a perfect little thing, a perfect way to like kind of start this is like a preamble about Brad. So my 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 experience with Brad, um, I, I didn't know who Brad was until he started. Um, I met him for the first time after you guys had been dating. Obviously, I had heard about you, you know, just talking to my sister while we were in college. Um, Brad is a wonderful man. Um, I was I was thrilled when 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 brad when you married tabitha i really was i uh i found myself not i found myself yeah no yeah <laughs> well said <laughs> and here ends the podcast we don't have anything else to talk about um i i i was i i felt kind of odd because i didn't know how to emotionally deal with share uh tabitha getting married um but like once I got to know you and 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 of the few times that we hung up before before the wedding, I was like, I can't wait for this guy to be like I get to be I get to I get to have a brother. I've always wanted a brother, you know, and um and and like Brad and I, I mean, we we hit it off really, really uh well f- just from the just from the get-go. Um yeah. and you know, and, and listeners, one of the things that that Brad you can certainly attest to. 
I mean, my family is a is a is a very open family. And by open, not just necessarily on wow, I can't believe we're talking about that in front of other people, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're but we're also open at the restaurant. Um, at the <laughs> restaurant, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom, dad, the server's right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See how red she is? See how red I am? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you want to see anybody beat red, like Brad, you are harder to embarrass than Shara. I mean, Shara, like, if you say if you say anything, anything that's edgy, she goes beat red. Anyways, um, no, but my family is 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 open that way, but 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 my family is also very open um in you know in in if you want to be part of her family, I mean there's not really an initiation process, you know, it's right. You from the get go. From the get go, when you know, when I came into the family, I have felt like, you know, with your dad and mom, like I was just another son. Yeah. Like that they've always tried to treat me not like a son in law. Right. Yeah. You know, and and you know, obviously the same for for you and that I've treated you like a son. Well, I appreciate that. You can call yeah, me thanks, dad from Dad. here on out. Uh, <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> yeah. Shara's really going to like it when I call her mom. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Um, do I get toys too? <laughs> no. No. I we like have Legos. Play- yeah. I, like I don't know. I prefer, I prefer not to use the word toys, but rather junk. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, one of the things that Brad listeners is a is an enormous fan of and fan nay fanatic. Right. We use the fan, I think, a little a little too loosely is Star Wars. So. So, Brad, before we talk about where God brought you specifically, you know, and not just not just through the journey of life, but even to to the pastorate, I have a fun little quiz. That if you right. were in Star Wars. What would your job be? So here we go. Brad. Oh, wow. What's your favorite color? Blue, Blue. white, red, or black? Blue. Okay. Um, how would you describe yourself? Are you passionate, loyal, unstable, or resourceful? Loyal. What kind of childhood did you have? I have very happy memories. It was okay, but I had no freedom. I was pressured to do well in school, which made me moody and arrogant. I really can't remember. I had a happy childhood. Happy childhood. Happy memories. All right. What was your favorite subject in school? Was it phys ed, foreign languages, psychology, or design? I want to see you in a design class. I totally want to see you. We're going to go psychology. Psychology. (laughs) Which of these qualities do you have in spades? Leadership, courage, persistence, or creativity? I'm going to say persistence. Totally right there with it's, 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 it's hard to beat a man who doesn't give up. Dude, the way you fish is very persistent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day it'll pay off. That's right. Which of these is most true to you, Brad? Helping the helpless is the most important thing I can do. Action and adventure are what I live for. Being powerful is the ultimate goal. Money makes the world go round. Helping the helpless. Helping the helpless. How do you help those who can do nothing back for you in return? Yeah. Yeah. How would you describe your relationship with your best friend? We share a very deep bond. We get into fights, but we always get through them. I have most of the control over our friendship. I don't do friends. (laughs) Very deep bonds. (laughs) Deep bonds. Okay. You, sir, are a Jedi Knight. That is your job. (laughs) And And Brad says, yes, yes, I am. So, dude, you're you're a Jedi Knight in pretend, but in real life, it's Pastor Brad Coleman. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so Brad, um, I've just got a I've just got a couple questions here for you that you know that I sent you. Um, but how did God start you on His journey? I think I'd start me on this journey. Well, let's go way back to the beginning. Yeah, right. Now, but honestly, let it let let's go back to the beginning because 
Um, my mom was told that she would never be able to conceive children and, and that if she did conceive, there was no way that she carried them to full term. And, uh, well, I'm proof that, know that. that they were uh, wrong. And, yeah. and my mom said, you know, her basic response was they're not God. You know, they're not God. They don't get to decide that my mom's, um, body though it you know didn't produce enough estrogen she was on medication um now she paid dearly for having me like i don't know if you know this but my mom has seizures but my mom never had seizures until she was pregnant with me like until after she was pregnant with me you know but i guess it's after giving birth to me um, my mom was in 39 hours of labor which i think makes her a superhero 39 hours oh yeah, i don't even know they'll let you do that anymore <laughs> Um, that's ridiculous not wow. for tmi but i was a dry birth and my mom said i came out looking like a little old man and, <laughs> and my mother the woman who gave me birth who probably loves me more than anyone with a mother's love um the first nickname she gave me was her little ugly duckling <laughs> Well, Brad, I'm here to tell you and encourage you that not much has changed, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know, you, you'd hope that you turn into a beautiful swan. Pretty sure yeah. I turned into a goose. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's part of my story is that, you know, according to doctors and all of that, I, I should have never had a story. Yeah. And, and God said, no. Um, my early childhood, I was very sick um, mm. from the time that I was, and, and I don't completely understand this either, but, you know, my parents were trusting the doctor who later turned out to kind of be a quack, um, but they didn't mm. know. I was their first kid. They were, they were young. Yeah. They did. They were doing the best they can and I, I made it. So, Hey, but two from the time I was two to the time I was seven I had enlarged tonsils and they never took them out like I it got to the point where I couldn't lay flat without like like basically starting to cut off my wind so very sick uh always super picky about eating and and really they, they had me on weight gainers and everything just trying to get me to a healthy weight uh, obviously that worked eventually yeah, right. the trend kept going i guess right yeah it, like it worked too well <laughs> um but you know i turned out when i was seven and i i had severely enlarged tonsils which had caused such an infection and, and were so infected that it enlarged my spleen um so very sick yeah. in the hospital the doctor who, again, and this is where it really started to come out that he was a quack, wanted to take my spleen out, not my tonsils. And so my parents are kind of struggling over in the hospital. They're trying to make the decisions, obviously praying through, through this. And here's this military, ex-military doctor who comes to Pikeville, Kentucky, <laughs> which is like an extreme eastern Kentucky. And he's doing his rounds and he's an ear, nose and throat specialist. Yeah. And he's, he's the, you know, the resident doctor. And so he's doing his rounds and he looks at my mom and says, Hey, can I, can I look at him? She's like, you know, you're the doctor. So he looks at my charts. Like I vaguely remember some of this, you know, mm -hmm. the whole pushing on my neck, pushing on my stomach kind of thing. And and he looked at my mom and said, this baby doesn't need his spleen removed. He needs his tonsils out, his adenoids out, and he can benefit from tubes in his ears. Can I do it? Wow. And, and so he did. My parents allowed him to do the surgery, uh, which really changed my life. Yeah. But for 23 and a half hours, I stayed under anesthesia. Oh, my goodness. To the point. And, how old, had, and how old were you? I was seven. You were seven. Wow. Yeah, my, they had told my parents that they were concerned I may not wake up, that I may have drifted into a coma. Wow. Um, they said after a few hours, when I didn't wake up, the doctor never left my side until I did wake up. 
And at that time, um, my, my mom and dad said he swore he'd never work on another child. And, and then shortly after that, he left Pikeville. So he came. Oh right? my so goodness. He came. What the heck, Brad? Saved my life, or at least saved the quality of my life. Totally game changer that God used him. And then left. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's evident, God, that you did that. Now, um, Dr. Gronsky was his name. Um, don't, don't know. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've laughed in the past and I said, well, you know, he didn't say, did he say what, what army he was from? He came from the army. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, God, you sent me an angel. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe. but, but wow. even if, you know, even if it's not angel, uh, God's, I believe that God sent this doctor. Right. Uh, I don't know who else he helped while he was there. Well, maybe he did some other awesome things, but certainly I feel like God sent him there for, uh, for me. And, and so it's, it's part of my testimony. Yeah, and, and I think that's, you know, that's where, where I see that every step of my life, uh, there's, there's been difficulties, there's been craziness. Um, but God has used every step of that to bring me where I am and to make me who I am. Yeah. Um, well, then, um, so when did you, uh, and, and, <clears throat> you know, I, I've got, I've got written down in the, in the question, the word surrender. I think, I think the word surrender, obviously it's a military term. I also think that it's oh. been over, over churchified. Um, so however you would prefer to, to, to word that when I say it's been over churchified, um, I think in my head, oftentimes, you know, when, when, when Christians just like discuss their surrendering to the Lord, mm -hmm. I think in my head, I see skeptics just kind of rolling their eyes. They might roll their eyes no matter what word we put in here. But um, when did when did you surrender? When did you um, accept not just not just salvation, but specifically um, like God's journey for you? So obviously, salvation is going to be a part of that. Um, but you know, you're a pastor now. I know that. Yeah. I know that when you and I met. Um, in you know in Wasn't. college you were you were a were you a special ed major uh i was an elementary ed major which is hilarious elementary ed okay elementary ed yeah, yeah. kindergarten yeah. emphasis like no that would never are you serious oh yeah, yeah. oh wow yeah god knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah he does and he's like i want to have you study this so you can learn all this stuff but <laughs> like you're gonna figure out like that don't work because yeah. Small children and large groups scare you. Like, I, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, so when did, when did you surrender to, um, to his journey for you? Well, so I tell people like my parents got saved when I was a year and a half old. My mom started going to church with my, you know, with my aunt, my, my dad went to see my mom get baptized. He got saved. They got baptized together. Beautiful story for another day. Um, but so a kingdom man came home and a kingdom woman and so I was raised in the church, you know, since I was a year and a half. And so as far as I can remember. Right. And so I liked Jesus. I liked Jesus a lot. I prayed every night because that's, you know, that's what I was taught to do. Right. Um, you know, I memorized scripture. I obviously didn't have a choice but to go to church. Right. Yeah. So, here, here. <laughs> But so, you know, I'm 13 years old. I came back from youth group. I said my prayers beside my bed. I got, got down beside my bed. That's why my dad would, would pray. He'd kneel beside his bed and pray at night. So I got down, kneeled beside my bed, prayed. And then, you know, I, I remember getting in bed and feeling like the Holy Spirit said, Brad, if you died tonight, you wouldn't go with me. There's not, you know, you're not mine. Hmm. And, and honestly, you know, that, that it was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace. My fears relieved that, right. that scared me. I, I grew up in church. I knew what that meant. Right. You know, and I, I remember yelling at my dad 
and my five nine um bowl full of jelly um <laughs> jolly uh dad you know ran into the room flipped on the light and was like what's wrong you know what's wrong and i remember looking at my dad and saying dad i think god wants me to be a christian and my dad laughed and he, he smiled and laughed and he said son i know god wants you to be a christian <laughs> yeah right <laughs> he said what do you he said what do you want and i said i want that too and he sat on the edge of my bed and we went over romans road um, yeah and, and you know he asked me every step of the way if i understood and at the end he said have you asked god to forgive you of your sins and you know be your lord and savior and in my 13 year old mind here, here's how stupid that i was and god still loves me and accepts me and and wanted me in my 13 year old mind i thought if i told my dad no he would not let me be a christian that day oh, huh. yeah and so and so i bowed my head i mean i'm sure to him it looked super pious but here I, i'm just like i'm like oh i can't tell him no and i'm not gonna lie to him because i hadn't done that and so I just bowed my head and I said, I said, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and come into my life. And he did. He had already been directing my journey. He'd already been working in my life, obviously. But the game changed because now I belong to him. Yeah. And it's been a journey ever since. So uh, I got, I tell people I'm not, not trying to be, you know, arrogant about it, but I got serious about my faith. I'm a very conscientious person. So like, all right, what am I supposed to do? You know, so started reading my Bible and, and studying and going to church a lot. Like, like, like there were times when I was an older teenager, when, my dad was sick and he wouldn't go on Wednesday night, but, you know, I go with my aunt and, you know, learning what I could growing a taught VBS, even as a kid, you know, as a teenager and helped with youth group and those kind of things. And really saw, you know, what, what is it that you have for me? Like I applied to one college because I knew that God wanted me to go to Eastern. Like hmm. I was confident in that. Had a lot of yeah. people go, oh, it's a party school and all that. And my dad's response was, any school can be a party school. It's what you do. It's what you decide. Yep. Um, of course, my dad was also the guy who's like, you know, us Christians, we should be having the most fun. It's just the way that we have fun. You know, and he always taught me, he's like, son, it's better to remember the good time you had. You know, right. than, and all this. So, it's, you know, I, I had a lot of fun in college. I didn't drink. <laughs> Right. I didn't go yeah. out and party the way that some other people, matter of fact, I, when I would hear people talk about it, getting, oh man, I just got so messed up, you know, this weekend, I can't wait to get messed up. And I'm thinking, do you ever listen to yourself? You even hear what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had a good time. I slept on a playground once all night long, just because I could, me and a buddy, like we took our sleeping bags out <laughs> playground just off campus. You, re you rebel, you. Of the size of platform. And like, we, <laughs> we did some crazy, we did some crazy stuff. We, you know, we were out at this park after dark and the, there's police coming around and we we're all hiding, trying to make sure he doesn't see us as we're on the playground equipment. <laughs> That's funny. I was 19, 18, 19 year old kids. Um, so, you know, I can see that. And I got to the point where I used to ask God what his, what he wanted for me. Yeah. And I f feel like God for a while gave me kind of a, you don't need to know that answer right now. Just, mm. just follow me. You, you don't, you don't need to know. I used to beg God. Um, I remember there was a youth before I accepted the call into ministry, but I think mm -hmm. I always, you know, had again some i think i always knew there was part of me that knew that one we're all called to ministry yeah right yeah you're exactly right in that but i remember there was an opening for a youth pastor position at the church we were going to and, and i asked god are you am i going to be a youth pastor and i feel like he said you don't need to know right now and i'm like can i can i have this position 
And it was like, no, no. And so there was that kind of that tinge underneath where I, like, I feel like I knew that God was starting to direct that way. But when I'd ask him, he'd be like, you don't need to know right now. And I realized now there was a lot of stuff I needed to go through, yeah. you know, but before I, before I got there. Um, when God, though, when I really felt the call to ministry, even then God didn't really clarify. Like I knew that God was calling me to full-time ministry mm -hmm. and, and I think I wrestled for about three days with that. And finally it was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not to be TMI, but I remember I was home by myself. I'd already married, you know, Tabby and I were already married. Right. I was in the shower and I just really feeling that conviction of God to surrender to, to ministry, even not knowing what that was. And I remember get, like getting out of the shower, like starting to dry off and just feeling so overwhelmed that, that I literally just like dropped everything and just like got down in the hallway. No, no windows. You couldn't see me. <laughs> <laughs> just me and the Lord. And yeah. I just remember like laying there kind of like on the floor, face down going, I'm naked before you and you made me and, and I'm going to do what you want me to do. So, okay. Yeah. I feel like you're calling me to ministry. So I'm going to tell my wife that and share that and try to figure out what that is, you know, that you want. You know, through that, you know, I worked with some, had some amazing mentors uh, from First Baptist Richmond and some, you know, and that's where I was I licensed as a minister. And again, at that point, I didn't even know what that meant. Like, I mean, I knew God was calling me to ministry, but I'm like, are you calling me to missionary? Am I going to be a pastor? Right. Am I going to be, right. you know. You, he but, called you to vocational ministry in yeah, under, like I, yeah, yeah, under your right. in understanding but of it, I sure. Didn't, Right. But I and still, I didn't even know, I didn't even know how you would do that. Like right. I grew up in, uh, you know, in a, in a culture where most pastors weren't paid, which is unbiblical by the way. And I will yes, argue with is. anybody. Well, I will not argue. I will debate with you and show you in the word um, what God says about that. But that's, that's also a topic for another day. Yeah. Um, it actually is. It's, I think it's in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um you can lead that one though no <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah, right. <laughs> you know i i remember calling my dad and and telling my dad that i had accepted god's call to ministry and my dad said well i was wondering when that was going to happen oh wow dude that's awesome and I, yeah and i and i said i said what, what do you mean dad i said he said, well, son, I've, I've known in my heart for a long time that God was calling you to something like that. And hmm. I said, well, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah said, right. yeah. And my dad in his wisdom, he said, it wasn't my place to tell you. That's exactly right. But there it's was true, like this, this huge affirmation, confirmation, like from the man who meant the most to me in this world whom I looked yeah. up to the most, who was the most godly man I knew, who's, who, when I, you know, said, Hey, I, I believe in all my heart, God's called me to ministry and I surrendered. And he said, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and awesome. so, and I needed that. And so, you know, there, there was support. And I, I remember calling uh, my, my pastor growing up, Greg White and, you know, and his, uh, wisdom his encouragement uh you know greg also taught me to be very careful when when mm -hmm. someone makes statements like that that to make sure that they're not making it on a whim he you know to take very seriously you know let them not be a novice you know lest lest arrogance arises and yeah. you know, give, they give way to the devil but but also very encouraging and help me mesh out that walk and on this guys like bill ford at first baptist richmond and and uh, Steve Coleman and and John and and so many others just that that God put in my life. Yeah. Got licensed, you know, in ministry at at, at first uh, as a 
as a pat in pastoral ministry after God revealed that to me, man, DJ, like, I'm like, you sent me these questions. I was like, how can I get through this? This is going to be like know, a 48 hour episode. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, like, like Spark one of the notes. things, one of the things that you're doing right now, actually, um, I think is one of the most important things that I have not heard in people's testimonies in the majority of my lifetime. Like the majority of my lifetime, when people give their testimony, when people discuss their journey, testimony is either this is when this is when God saved me and I'm in love with God and have been in love with God since, or right. testimony is um testimony is is and I, I don't mean to I don't mean to 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 be smug about it, but testimony is either that or more the more advanced version if you will which is i was i was saved here and this is this is this is where i am currently mm-hmm. but in and when i say i don't mean to be smug the testimonies that i've heard in my lifetime which to be quite honest like have been few and far between in the last 25 years um mm-hmm. and i i like the churches that at least we've attended you know regular regular testimonies are not um are not a part of, of church culture. So I, I can't speak to, you know, to your experience necessarily, but um, when I have heard testimonies in the past, most of them do not do what you're doing right now, which is, I'm trying to come back to that. Sorry about that. But which is like, you're, you're giving this laundry list of people mm-hmm. that have, that have had major impact, not because they are just Christians, but because they have contributed something very specific to to the you know to the to the shaping of your christian christian identity you know i mean like if if you were to ask me um like who are christians that that have been role models versus who are christians that have helped shape you as 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 a christ follower though like those are two different those are two different lists um because you're because you know you're you you started to just immediately and i thought it was wonderful how naturally and organically you got there of um uh, you, you mentioned Greg White, and then you said, here's what Greg White taught me. This is yeah. like, and, and to me, this is one of the things that I, I, I really love to incorporate whenever I'm talking to people and, and, you know, listeners, if you disagree with me, that's fine. But in our culture now, the way that I have begun to see this, and when I say the way I begin to see this in church, the way I've begun to see this. So I, I was a public school teacher, um, and we, we can get into that next week. Obviously, I don't mean to hijack Brad. This is like, you know, today's today's show is about you. But um, I, I taught in the public schools, I've taught in the in the university system, um, both pub, both public and, and private. What I have noticed the most is that our culture wants evidence of this belief thing that we call Christianity. And one of the ways that they can connect to it the most is by what you're doing right now, Brad, is, you, is you're not saying Jesus, Jesus loves me. Um, this I know for the Bible tells me so, because like to people that don't believe that song, and if that's where our testimony ends, then they, they they need something more. They need they need like they need essentially almost like the manifestation in our lives of what this Christianity thing means to us. And the simple fact of you being able to say person, 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 and here's what they did here's how god used them to shape my identity dude this is like it's it's gold yeah. and the reason i think it's gold is because it means it means so much to you because you are able to look back and reflect on that and know god was working in my life through this person this way um so um what paths um so so you you surrendered you surrendered to the ministry and and you're you're already married so you're out of college right um mm-hmm. Well, no, you guys got married in college. That's right. I forgot about that. So yeah. when you surrendered we to full-time ministry, yeah. When you got when you surrendered to full-time ministry, were you in Tabitha already out of college? I know that I was. Okay. That's right. Because you, you so you graduated were you were you were you actually a year or two years ahead of Tabitha? I in, was in, in well, college. I was, well, so I was a year. Okay. Um, but I actually graduated half a year ahead of Tabitha because it took me four and a half years instead of four um so she started a year after I started yeah but I I I did an extra half year to 
to finish up my degree. Yeah. Um, so I, or, or, or better, better yet, it, like if you're having trouble, like with the, with the chronology, while you were, let's, let's do this, whether or not you were in school, when, when you yeah, surrendered I, to full-time ministry. No, I was out of, I was definitely out of school. I was, you were definitely, definitely out of school. school. Got it. What yeah, were you I doing was, then? So uh, I was working for Walgreens as an assistant manager. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, like I, I should, I should have known that. I don't know why I hadn't put that together. Because obviously you didn't go into teaching, right? You you right. got the you got the elementary education degree. You finished well, that. No, out. I didn't. So so I didn't. I got an education okay. degree because when I realized I wasn't going to teach, and then I was working for UPS. Um, Tabby and I were married. We'd bought a house. Um, I was stressed out. Stressed out. Um, couldn't quit UPS. Needed the money. Needed the uh, insurance. Yeah really prayed about and and weighed out pausing my degree and letting mm -hmm. your sister finish and then going back because you know uh, trying to do methods and student teaching um would have been crazy with everything that i was doing because that's yeah the, like if they find out you're working during that they basically like almost throw a hissy fit anyway yeah they um do. and here i am like assistant manager or well I was a supervisor at, at UPS, not a system manager, but a supervisor. And I taught, I trained people how to load trucks, semi trucks. And then sometimes I ran a belt, yeah. which was uh, about 10 semi trucks to make sure they got loaded right. Um, everybody that I talked to, mentors and all this, said, don't do that. Don't stop. Most people statistically that pause their degree never finish it. Never go back. Um, and finish I had right. a, a one of my cousins. I consider him my cousin. He's my cousin's uh, husband. Married into the family, but but I remember sitting down with Terry, and he said, "Hey, Brad, uh, ten years ago, I said I was going to do that, and I was going to finish my degree." Oh, he said, and life happened. Yeah, and I still haven't. You know, he's got you know, oh, and I don't know if he still hasn't, but and dude um, went. I mean, like, he was doing fine, but but his point was, I wish I would have not stopped. Yeah, and when life and happens so, at that at that point, I mean, it's it's and I just yeah. can't imagine how hard it would be to go back. I had a great advisor, and he said, "Look, if you're not going to teach, and mm -hmm. you're telling me you're not, and if you're sure, he said, this is what I recommend you do: don't drop out." He said, "Eastern offers what they call a general studies degree." He mm -hmm. said, "If you have you have to have so many." hours in higher level coursework for that area and then you have to fill other requirements he said i'm pretty sure you've already got that education wise you probably just have to fill some electives and make sure you've checked all the boxes nice and so i don't have and i laugh i said i don't have a bs i have a ba i have a bachelor of arts in general studies and education i did not know that okay um yeah. And so what that, and it's the amazing thing is what that did was I studied so much education. I studied how people learn. I studied, you know, whole classes on learning disabilities and, mm -hmm. and, you know, talking to stuff like, you know, autism, Asperger's and, you know, what, what do you do um, with, with those people uh, who are not neurotypical uh, and being someone who's not neurotypical myself, <laughs> yeah, yeah, helped me learn a little bit more about myself with some of those things, <laughs> too. Uh, but I see what God did foundationally as you know, and then calling me to be a youth pastor and now a pastor, and then Lord knows, you know, what He's going to do with the rest. You know, every time I think I got it figured out, He changes the game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you so so you surrendered to vocational ministry. How much longer yeah. were you? Did you work at Walgreens before? before the the youth position because that the or the youth position because the youth position was uh toledo wasn't that right was toledo your well, first Perrysburg, just out well it's Perrysburg, yeah, yeah, ohio yeah, yeah. So just outside right. of toledo yeah yeah because i remember Perrysburg. i remember going right, up uh, so, in, in, for your ordination shara says that so, we stayed in a la quinta yes yeah so <laughs> so here is the um here's the 
the push time frame. I think God had called me into ministry mm -hmm. probably two years in, I think at Walgreens. And then God had to work through some stuff in my life. So we were teaching, I started teaching Sunday school because, mm -hmm. uh, because here's, we had taught Sunday school. We taught youth before at our last church, you know, we've worked with youth. We, I was having to work a lot of Sundays and we went to a meeting at first Baptist Richmond and this youth and they needed a sixth grade. That's how big their youth was. They needed a sixth grade Sunday school teacher. Wow. Cause there were like 10, 12 boys. Yeah. And I remember during that meeting, like starting to weep because I couldn't do it because I had to work far too many Sundays. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I remember just asking God in, in the depths of my heart and soul to, you know, basically, could you work that out? I, I want to do it because nobody, they were having trouble because nobody wanted to work with sixth grade boys. Nobody wanted to teach the Sunday school class to sixth grade boys. Yeah. It's a difficult group. Yeah. I love sixth grade boys, but they're a mess. They're they trying to figure out how to stay a boy and be a man at the same time. There's such a transition. Yeah. They're, they're a mess and they smell. I love them, but they smell. Oh, no, <laughs> I was a middle school teacher. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I remember this like God's spirit said, what if you ask the other managers, what if you volunteered to work every Friday night and every Saturday morning? Because I knew a lot of these, they wanted to go out on Friday night mm. and they didn't want to come in on Saturday morning because right. they were going out on Friday night. Yeah. And, and God put that in my heart. He said, what if you ask them and you volunteer to work every Friday night and every Saturday morning, if they give you Sunday morning off. And I did. And I think I worked one Sunday after that. Oh my goodness, Brad. That's awesome. And I changed stores and I went, oh no, now I'm teaching the Sunday school class and I had to change stores. And that's a whole yeah. different set of managers. And I'm like, oh no, now it's yeah. going to go all the way back and, and all this. And, and so I did the same thing again. And, um, I might've worked two Sundays, like in the time that I was there. And we're talking about a period of about two years yeah, where, where I only worked a handful of Sundays after that. Now I worked a lot of Friday nights. <laughs> And a lot yeah. of Saturday mornings. Sure. Um, and, and man, I learned so much through that class. Um, there's so much, there's some stories I could tell, but we don't have time for that. But God broke down some stuff that was in my life. There was some unforgiveness for some people. I lost my mm -hmm. dad, you yeah. know, um, yeah. you know, there was some unforgiveness that I had that I had to work through. Bill Fort preached awesome sermon series that was probably for some other people, but definitely for me. Yeah. And I said the first, it was, it was about, is there anything in your life? And he was kind of going off the main point of how um, Paul's telling us or, or whatever the writer's telling us to lay off everything that gets in the way of, of Christ, right? The sin and everything else mm -hmm. that gets us off course. And he said, is there something in your life? that you are holding back from Christ that is not allowing you to do what he's called you to do. And I said that first sermon in the series, it was like, God went tap, 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 Hey, tap, tap. Yeah. But the yeah. second one, it was like shove, shove, nudge. But about <laughs> halfway through the third one, it was like smack. Yeah. Like, dude, are you listening? And banging I just remember head, banging your head against the table. I just, I just remember in the middle of the sermon, you know, just, just going, okay, I'll forgive them, but you've got to help me, mm -hmm. but you've got to help me. And I, and I remember going up during the invitation, just praying at the altar and going, okay, God, I'm going to lay this down to you. I'm going to forgive them because, because God showed me that when I forgive someone, it doesn't mean that I'm saying what you did was okay. Right. That's, that Jesus never says your sin's okay. He says, I forgive you. I paid for it. I forgive you. When we come to Jesus with our sin, Jesus said, oh, it's okay. No, sin's not okay. But he says, I forgive you. I no longer hold it to your charge. Yeah. So I laid that down his feet and I said, I forgive them. 
I'm going to hold it to their charge. I know that I'm going to struggle to try to pick it back up. I'm going to need you to remind me to, to lay it down. And within three days, God had so on my heart because that was out of the way of my heart. Now, mm -hmm. guess what? That's not taking up all that room in my heart anymore. So now God impressed so much on my heart that he was calling me to full-time youth ministry. That's incredible. And Dude, so three that was days. three. Wow. Yeah. Now, now the process, you know, <clears throat> that's, uh, that's when I went through the licensing as a pastor. I met with right. a lot of pastors. That's when we started applying for churches and I had got to the point where it, it had been months and I'd got a lot of those letters, like you were talking to me earlier about, you know, where you, you know, kind of the Christianese, I re, we regret to inform you, but you, yep. you know, we don't think you're who God called to be here. Best of luck. We're praying for you. Yeah, yeah. I got so many of those. I'd not heard back from so many other churches because a lot of churches just don't do that. Yeah. Um, it's pretty I was getting discouraged. Opinion. I was getting discouraged and I was looking at, it's like, I, I don't have a Bible degree. I don't have a degree in seminary. You know, I, yeah, I'd been working with youth, but didn't have any full-time experience. And I looked at your sister one night and I said, I said, all those things. I said, there's, there's not going to be a church that can afford to pay a full-time full -time youth pastor that is going to hire me or, or support me. Cause I don't think you hire youth pastor, by the way, but support me as a full-time youth pastor. And your sister went, Oh, really? So what you're saying is God is going to call you to this, but then be like, no, it's not going to work. And I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. And she was like, yeah, it kind of is. Kind of is exactly what you're saying. So, so listeners, now, if you, uh, if you listen back to, uh, to the husbanding episode, there's a moment where Brad and I <laughs> are both, both agree that if we listen to our husbands or if we listen to our wives, many times God is speaking to us through them. <laughs> <laughs> it is okay it yeah. really is okay to tell them that you're right just make sure that that you don't do it too much right so, <laughs> so this is the but this is what god did this yeah. is what god did okay it wasn't 24 hours later it was the next day oh, jeff woolen called me from first Baptist perrysburg and said hey we uh we want to do a phone interview yep and as maybe you picked up in the episode, if you don't know me and if you do, you know, we spent seven years at First Baptist or First Baptist Perrysburg. Um, I served as the youth pastor uh, under Jeff Willem. And what an amazing journey and learning experience that was. And yeah. so many ways that I could talk about how God worked that out and made that happen. But I was like, yeah, I, didn't, he, I was like, he didn't even give me 24 hours, Dad, before you were like, yeah, she's right. She's so right. Yeah. Um, and, and so I did, I did, did a full-time youth ministry for seven years and loved youth ministry, loved being in youth ministry. I have said to our youth pastor several times, you want to trade places? It's like, you just like, I'll, I'll go back and be the youth pastor. Hmm. Um, but you know, and then the journey to God calling me to be senior pastor, um, which is, it, it was a journey. It is a journey. Um, yeah, let me say this in short. All right. Yeah. A big part of that was there were a lot of, re I didn't want to be a senior pastor. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be the lead pastor of a church. Um, I saw the weight growing up that my pastor carried behind his eyes and very big empath. I'm finding out that I'm very, you know, I, I see those things. I carry those things. I didn't want that. Um, I grew up as son of a deacon who had ADHD that was not treated, but they didn't know it. And so I had the superpower, which meant I could be doing what we're doing now, but listening to anybody else that was having a conversation around me, mm -hmm. just switch tasking. And anyway, matter of fact, I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't not listen. Um, and I'm a very auditory learner. So I heard a lot of conversations. I think that they thought I didn't, that I maybe shouldn't have. oh yeah right and so you, you know, so they really try and, and, and sitting at yeah. church in a pew i'm sitting there you know i'm sitting in church in a pew and i'm doodling after church and and they're over here halfway across the room having a conversation and, and my young ears are are just tuned in listening to the whole thing i don't look like it i'm not reacting because i'm just taking in the information um 
But as I sorted through that, I don't want to be a youth pastor or, or I didn't want to be a senior pastor because I saw all that. I saw the responsibility. I saw all these things. I remember talking to your dad at Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving when God really started breaking down that majorly and showing me what he'd been doing for the last year and a half in my life. And I was talking to your dad and for whatever reason, it's your dad. He loves to ask questions. He loves to ask ministry questions. Um, probably yeah, it was definitely a God thing, but he said, so what he's asking me, like, so, you know, is there a reason that you, you know, you not thought about being a senior pastor or whatever? And I was like, and I started pouring all this out to him in more detail. And, and he's like, so what you're saying is you don't want to be a senior pastor because you're afraid. Now I am a stubborn country boy and you just called me scared. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you might as well have said you're yellow. <laughs> I got mad. I got, or yeah. I got defensive. I was like, no, it was kind of like, how, like, I love you, sir, but how dare you, yeah. you know, assert such things to me. And, you know, but now I took that and I started chewing on it. And man, God just ate me up with as much as I don't want to admit it. Like he's right. Yeah. Like every reason that I have given to God is fear. Yeah. It's fear. And I remember riding home with your sister. You know, I'm not one to not speak, <laughs> especially when I'm someone that like, like Tabby and, you know, and so I'm sitting there and she's like, are you okay? Yeah. Right. You're not and talking. I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I am. And she's like, well, what's wrong? I was like, I, I don't even know if I can put it into words right now. I, yeah. I said, just give me some time. I said, I'm mulling over some stuff. I, I, I'm. Let's talk about it. We've got four hour drive. I was like, you know, give me 20 minutes or so to just kind of work this stuff out. And so finally I, I do, I'm mulling this stuff. I'm praying. I'm, I'm trying to just weigh all this stuff. I finally looked at her and I said, I think God's calling me to be a senior pastor. And your sister's response was, well, yeah, I told you that two weeks ago. <laughs> and I said, no, you didn't. Oh, that's hilarious. No, you didn't. Like oh, I would have reminded that. Like We did not have that conversation. She said, I told you. I thought it was time. We, we had talked about some other stuff. And she said, I told you, I thought it was time that you probably need to um, revamp your resume and work on that and start sending it out. I said, I thought you meant like for youth pastor at a different place. She's <laughs> like, no. That's awesome. Well, now I'm quiet again because now I got to mull over this. Now yeah, I got to right, figure yeah. this out. And I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> boom. Yeah. And I tell people that, you know, God took the thing I was most afraid of. And he made it the thing I most wanted to do for him, to serve him. Yep. Yeah. But he didn't take away all that fear. And, and honestly, I will tell you, over the last five years, I've probably dealt with almost every one of the things that I was terrified of. I'm not saying that they don't scare me anymore. Right. I'm probably more equipped to deal with them. Um, and I think part of that was God needed for me to see, one, I'm bigger. Mm -hmm. Not me. He. You know, he's yeah. bigger. Yeah. Than all of those fears, he's bigger than all of those issues. He's bigger than, all those, and and faithful. You be faithful. Don't worry about the things. And I'm still trying this one. I'm still trying to get there. Don't worry about the things that people are telling you, you need to worry about. Worry about the things I tell you, you need to worry about. Yeah. Measure success the way I measure success. If we measure success the way that even in the church, that we're told to measure success. You know, even though it's sometimes it's subconsciously, you know, right. Um, you got a lot of people showing up. You got a lot of, you know, you got money to do these things. Um, you know, baptisms are probably a better thing than some of those others, but still, even like how many people you baptized? Because we all know too that if we've baptized a number of people, there's a lot of people that, well, there's a joke, which I think is. There were these bats, and they couldn't get rid of them out of the belfry of the church. They had exterminator after exterminator. They just kept coming back. They couldn't get rid of them. So one day, the pastor brought them all down, baptized them all, and haven't seen them since. 
<laughs> and, 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 you know, sad, but true. There's a lot of times when there's a good percentage of people that you've, that you've baptized, you've walked through with this and then you never see them again. That's not to say they're not saved. That's not to say God hasn't called them somewhere else. That's not to say that they're not going to go through a period of up and down in their life. And then God's going to, you know, there's lots of things, but, but there's plenty of people that are baptized that, that I've never seen again. <laughs> um, but God, if we look at that by Jesus's ministry, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus was doing really great. He had thousands of people following him. And he said some really hard things. And they all left. And then he looks at the apostles and he goes, you guys leaving too? And I think he asked them because I think they're weighing it out. Well, it's pretty hard. Maybe we should. And Peter says, one of the things that I love, and it's part of my heart, just scripture. Peter goes, where, where are we going to go? You're it. I'm right. paraphrasing. You know, you're yeah. it. You, you got the key. Like, you, like it's you. Where are we going to go? And so, you know, I look at Ezekiel, who God basically told him, <laughs> you're going to go and they're not going to listen to you. So your responsibility is you tell them what I said. You tell them what I said. Mm -hmm. You do what I say. You tell them what I said. And if you do that, you and I are good, basically. And if you don't, then you and I have a problem. <laughs> That's success. Are you doing what I told you to do? What I called you to do? Are you, yeah. are you saying what I have told you to tell them? That's success. Not, not whether or not they listen, because that's them. Right. But whether or not you are obedient. And so I think that's where I am. I think that's where God is still leading me. And yeah. that's where God is still trying to, to teach me. Is like you, so many of your, so many of my fears are based around people and the fear that I'm going to let God down. But oftentimes I'm looking at people's standards. Mm -hmm. Have, you know, do, yeah, it's am I failing? Am I failing you? And God doesn't go, well, how many people do you have in your church? You know, you know how much, how much money has the church got in the bank? Or even how much ministry is the church doing? God goes, are you doing what I have told you to do? Are you discipling people? Yeah. Are you bringing glory? Are you preaching my gospel? Are you sharing my gospel? Are you glorifying me? Are you, are you spending time with me and growing in me yourself? Because you're not there. You got to keep going. It's a journey. Like, you haven't hit the destination because you got saved. That's what I tell people. And, and we probably need to probably wrap it up pretty quick. <laughs> I can talk about myself all day. <laughs> um, but what I tell people when, when someone comes, comes forward and they say, look, I've accepted Jesus or where they're, you know, I'm praying and they're, they're praying to accept Jesus. I say, look, you just started a journey that lasts throughout eternity. Yeah, right. You didn't reach a destination. You started a journey. And that's the way you need to look at your walk with Christ. Now, where do we go from here? You know, what, if they're joining our church, then it's like, you know, you join the local church and you be involved. You need to be in God's word because you need to learn more about who God is and what he said. You need to be in prayer. I always recommend when you're praying, take your Bible. Read your Bible, pray. The Bible is one of the main ways that God speaks to us. And it is the way that he verifies that it's him who's speaking. So the spirit of God will not contradict the word of God. I think I said this on another episode. I don't know if somebody needs to hear it again. <laughs> or maybe they didn't <laughs> listen to that one. If somebody, if you feel a, this inkling, you feel like, God is saying something to you and you get into his word and it's contradictory to his word. That's not God. God says, test the spirits to make sure it's him that the, the he's not the only one that whispers into our, our heart and our, in our ears. So we need to make sure that it's him, but he will speak to us through his spirit. But if God, God's not going to say something to you in prayer that contradicts what he's already said in his word. And that's the litmus test that he gives us. So, 
take your Bible with you, read your Bible, pray. I think if you'll do that, you'll find that it's crazy the amount of times that the, what you are praying for and asking God for, when you get into his word, you'll find it. Even if you're, you already had intended to go there. I, you know, I was already going to read third Peter or third Peter. No, <laughs> third Peter. I don't know. That'd be hard to read. <laughs> third John, third John and, and, the third chapter of first Peter. Now I was already going to read the third chapter of first Peter. It's crazy how God spoke to me of what I was asking him through that scripture. He's that good. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, wow, wow. Like I, like I had this Bible reading plan, like how, how did you know that that's what I needed to hear on that day? Like three months after I started, because God knew before etern eternity passed, before he created everything, he knew. He's that good. That's the God I love. That's the God I serve. God says, I don't miss. And I've done it. Brad, that is a good word. Yeah. So, uh, say this, we call this episode wrap. Um, yep. So, Brad, thank you for taking us on that journey. Um, next week, uh, I'll be in the hot seat and uh, listeners as always we appreciate the fact that you're giving us uh, your time uh, thank you for the feedback um, if uh, if you like our show go to uh, go to wherever you get your podcast give us a, a rating um, you can uh, you can contact us uh, me or Brad uh, at uh, menchurchstuff at gmail.com um, you can always look at us look us up on Facebook but uh, yeah guys Thanks for spending some time with us, and uh, we'll catch you next time.